Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. This episode is brought to you by Carbon Health. And you guys know Carbon Health. I talk about them all the time. So excited that they're one of our sponsors. Now, they're known for their over 120 locations that handle urgent care and COVID, RSV, flu testing, vaccinations, all that. But we should also know is how they expanded into primary care services that also include Connected Health. Connected Health is the idea. It's not just about our bodies, but it's also about our mind. Carbon Health providers come connected with mental health specialists as well. They expanded their primary care services in 2023. They're now in Massachusetts. It's great. We love them. We're excited to be working with them, continue to work with them. So Carbon Health, excellent urgent care and testing center, but don't sleep on their primary care services. Hey, everybody, what's going on? I'm back. Thank you for joining me here on The Big Thing. There is a lot to talk about already. We had Marvel's Secret Invasion trailer dropped, the newest series coming out in June, apparently, on Disney+. Plus. Talking about comic book stuff, how about Blue Beetle, the DC movie with Show Meta The trailer dropped, and we had it back-to-back. So what do we think about both of those? We'll get into that a little bit, too. Uh, Martin Scorsese is back, and apparently his newest film is 75,000 hours long. So we'll see if that's a, the move they want to take. Extraction 2, or whatever the hell the movie is called now, Chris Hemsworth's The Russo Brothers movie, the, the one I saw on Netflix a while ago that I think I liked. They're doing a, a, a sequel, and that's coming out also in the summertime. Um, WrestleMania thoughts. We'll be going into those. There's a massive, massive sale of um, the WWE with uh, to Endeavor. So we'll get into that. And there's more. There's uh, Dungeons and Dragons did really well. All that and more, guys. There's so much to talk about today, and I'm glad that you can be with me while, while I do it. We're going to be back with the crew uh, this week. And speaking of the crew, now look, I've talked about this forever and I'm really hoping, like this is this is this is one of those things where it's really we we got one shot to do this. If you're anywhere near the California area on April 28th, and you can get here, come see us live because hey, this ain't Smodown budget. I'm taking one shot here. If it sells out, and we do well, then I'll keep doing them because we got this thing coming out on Friday, April 28th. That's where the whole crew's going to be, and you can get tickets at thechristianharloff.com. If you can get there, I understand. Well, I'm in Chicago. I can't get there. I get it. If you're anywhere near and you can be there, please be there. Support the show. It's going to be a fun show. There's going to be stand-up comedy, and then there's going to be um, a full podcast afterwards. And if you are on the East Coast, well, guess what? We're going to be there on June 23rd. Tickets are on sale now, and it's myself, Brett, Kate, Winston, and Coy all doing stand-up and then launching into a podcast right afterwards. And that's at the New York Comedy Club again. If you want to support the show and you can get there, people say, oh, when are you coming to New York? Well, we're coming to New York, so you can get the tickets now. Let's show them what we can do, New York Comedy Club. Let's sell us out. And speaking of that, the next night, Saturday, June 24th, graphics off, double toasted, Martin and Corey, my buddies, myself and Mark Ellis are reuniting. All of us are going to be doing stand-up, and then we're going to do a full podcast with the four of us. So we really hope that you can join us on all those. You can get tickets. You just head on over to the website, thechristianharloff.com, thechristianharloff.com. You can get tickets, and you can live. You can buy live streaming tickets as well. And we have everything. We're moving everything over away from Patreon, and we're going towards the website. So you can head over there, and everything is managed just by myself and PLD, thechristianharloff.com. Check it out. You can register today for free. You just look at the tiers and see if there's stuff on there that you want to get. Um, and that's it, everybody. I'm excited to get going. Let's talk about a lot of the things that I missed while I was gone, but I'm ready. You're ready. Let's do it. All right. It's the big thing, everybody. Go. Welcome back, everyone. Big thing. It's nice to be back. I'll tell you. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. My ass kicked. 
my um, my oldest got had gotten COVID on. Um, she was doing a play. Some kid puked on her bag. We knew it. It's a kiss of death. We tried to uh, avoid it. She recovered pretty well. You know, she had a couple of days. It was pretty rough for her, but she recovered. I was like, okay, we're gonna avoid it. I didn't avoid shit. I got hit bad, real bad. I was like, couldn't even move for like two days. I avoided this thing for like three years. So I was laying in bed and head was pounding the whole time, shivering like an asshole. And um, and I'm like, okay, maybe it's finally gonna start to go away. Everyone's like, don't worry. After a couple of days, it goes away. Well, yeah, it went away. And then I developed a bronchial infection. And that was great. Still there a little bit, but not 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 too bad. Um, but man, and then my wife got it. It was it was it was rough. It was rough. That's why I didn't do shit on this channel really. Minus like I think I did one Mandalorian like immediate reaction, and that was it. But thank God for the crew. Crew really held it down while it was gone. I mean Winston and then uh, Mike on um, on Friday, and then Roxy and Brett. Did the Thursday show and Steph and, uh, and and PLD held down Sith Council. So, thank you to everybody, all the support people had um, were firing in there. And I did a poll. Uh, I, I I watched a lot of stuff, and I said out of, out of these out of these four things, what didn't I watch? And I put Rambo three, Creed two, Pretty Woman, and Dexter New Blood. And everybody thought that I didn't take Dexter New Blood, and somebody smartly said it on uh, on twitter like that's too random of a choice for you to not have watched it and you're absolutely right it was rambo 3 i didn't watch rambo 3 everything else i watched of course i watched pretty woman kidding me um but i watched a bunch of stuff while i was kind of oofing and one of the things i watched that i just fell in love with i would i'd watched an episode and a half of shrinking and then i watched the whole season this show is next level. Harrison Ford, I'm telling you, man, and this isn't just hyperbole and just, you know, recency bias and all that. I think this is his strongest performance. Um, I mean, obviously, the iconic roles known for Indiana Jones and Han Solo. I think this is one of his strongest performances ever. It's such a great blend of drama, and it's a great blend of comedy. He, he is hilarious. This is the funniest he's ever been. He's been funny and stuff before, for sure. But he's hilarious in this show and he doesn't do it by being like a, a clown he just the character is funny the characters and he, and he plays off his grouchiness um the entire ensemble cast is next level they all play off each other so well you can tell i mean it seems like they're having fun it seems like they're having fun and i think it's transferring over ted mckinley from married with children is also in this great I really like the balance of it. It doesn't just seem like, oh, they're going for the joke. It just seems like this is what these people, how they talk, and they're all hilarious. And the the themes of, of loss and love, and, I mean, there's it, there's so much going on in this show, and it's outrageous at times, and, and there's there's something I want to quote from Harrison Ford, but I don't want to give it away. Um, I, I round the line like seven times. It was so funny, but he, he gets to do, he just, it, it, it's, progressive to the show like when you start meaning the, the the tone of the show keeps getting more and more um like when you see when it starts off where um harrison ford is in it i'm like oh okay he's gonna pop up here and there he's in it significantly like significantly he's like a major character in the show and jason siegel obviously is his character is what it's centered around and he's going through a loss and trying to you know reconnect with his daughter and 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 he's in the same thing. He's trying to recapture it, being a therapist and and learning new ways to connect with his clients and or, uh, and and he does it. And that's and that's like the focus of the story. But then it, as it progresses, you start to see more. Each character has their own background, their own story, their own motivations, and that's what I think makes a really good show. Is that when it doesn't just have to rely on on the one character. Um, and I, it's, it was, it was great. I couldn't stop watching it. That one, I couldn't stop watching Dexter new blood. I did watch. Um, and I, the reason why is I'd watched an episode. I was a big Dexter fan back in the day. I had watched an episode or two, um, of the new series. And then it was the, one of the first things I watched when I was, I couldn't move and I was watching Dexter. Um, 
I, I didn't mind the ending. I know people lost their minds on the ending. I think the ending was significantly better than what they did uh, the last time around. I think it played fine, and it was it was enjoyable enough. Is it is it anything to write home about? And should everyone be talking about? No, it was pretty predictable, and you know the same type of things that they've done in the past. But it was what it was. I enjoyed watching it. Um, Pretty Woman speaks for itself, and um, and yeah, and then I guess over the weekend we can just get into this right away. Let's talk about it. I watched WrestleMania. I watched um, watched both nights, and I watched the first night with my daughter on on Saturday well both my daughters my the little one was getting into it too I thought this was a great show I thought night 1 was better than night 2 personally but I thought that I thought it was a great show I really did and I haven't been like I've been kind of tuned so people if you're new to this or not too I was a massive wrestling fan for a long time worked at the company for a little bit took a long time off from watching and then when we created the Schmodown uh, I started getting a little bit more uh, at the time the WWE network was still around and I would look into it for like kind of past stuff and research and and learning the new characters and and I said okay a lot of this stuff was good and then I still thought when Vince was in control of, of creative it it was getting sour and the same and they weren't focusing in a lot of the the long-term storytelling and titles didn't really mean that much my two big criticisms, what I just mentioned there, are pretty much gone. They they give the title reigns a little bit more oomph to them. And for people who are going to realize, what do you care about wrestling for? It's not real. Well, neither, neither is uh, Succession. Neither is uh, neither is uh, the Mandalorian. It's not real. It's a TV show. And there's characters. Just because they're pretending that you know, they're doing storylines and stuff too, who cares? People, I never understood that when people were like, oh, it's not real. This isn't 1987 when they're trying to pretend that it's a, it's a sport. And that was when that's when that used to come up. People used to go, you know, it's not real, right? Like in 87 because they presented it like it was a sport and it was real. So that argument was valid if you want, like, hey, do you know, you know it's not really real, right? Of course it's not real now. It's sports entertainment. We know that. So let's get past it. You either like it or you don't. You don't have to like it. But but don't, don't be silly. We go, oh, it's not real. Um, anyway. They set this thing up at so SoFi, and I'm watching the I'm watching night one, and I'm really and I was and I've been kind of casually tuning into Raw and and I'll go through and I watch like the storyline aspect of it and and see what's going on. I thought they built up so many different storylines well to where you cared about the matches and they weren't just kind of thrown together over the. I mean, I thought the Oscar and um, and Bianca Blair was kind of thrown together last minute and didn't have that much impact for me and. And it was fairly predictable. I think what they should do is they should set up eventually doing what they've done with the team's titles and doing what they've done with the um, with with the singles championship or the or the, the Roman Reigns. He's got make it make it an undisputed championship and do the same thing. I know they did it once before, but do it again with um, Bianca Belair and and uh, and Rhea Ripley. Let them let them fight. And what a what a match that was between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. That was just. Am I going to say it's it's on on par with um, with Savage and Steamboat and the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels? No, but it's but but they they uh, they people are going to talk about that match for a long time. That was a fantastic match, and it was again a good story on how they built it up and the stuff that it, it kind of come in Rhea Ripley's past and how she got there. Um, and I thought that what they did with Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and the uh, the Usos. I mean, there there was a reason that move, that that match was the main event, and it should have been from the way because you're invested in the way that they set up that entire story and the, and the way that you're emotionally involved in it that it means more. And because they were the champions for over two years, whatever it was, it means more when when they're dethroned. And that's the same thing that kind of happened with with Roman Reigns and Cody. I thought it was a brilliant move. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant move to have Roman Reigns go over again. I think it was a brilliant move. I think that people, nobody was expecting Roman Reigns to win. Everyone thought that Cody Rhodes was going to win. I think that the way that they did it was smart. I think you got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens involved. You keep the bloodline storyline going, and you keep that air of, like, who the hell is going to beat this guy? And then you wonder the what if if he's going to beat Hulk Hogan's record. So I thought it was a really, really smart move. They keep this guy on top of the company. You piss off some people because you think that, that Cody's going to get it, and he doesn't. Um, I thought it was a really good, really good main event. They played it up really well, 
And I thought that there was a lot. I mean, there's some matches that were just okay. And, and poor Shane McMahon blew out his quad. That sucked. The Finn Balor match I thought was a lot of was, was also great. You know, the fact that they kept going after he bust his head open with the with the ladder. Um, that Gunter guy, I'm all on board for that guy, the Intercontinental Champ. I think that he's great. I think he's great. Um, and he's old school. He reminds me of like an old school kind of like late '80s um, attitude era. Also could fit into there the way that he, he just he's got a, like a steven regal thing about him but he's just he, he was great and that match was really good too the, the, the triple fed intercontinental so there's a lot of other things that and oh i'll tell you this and then i'm gonna move on logan paul am i have a fan am i have a fan am i am I, am, I, am I a fan of logan paul the person not really um i don't know i've never had a conversation with the guy so i don't know some of his antics in the past am i a fan no not really i respect hell out of this dude i i for not not stuff that he's done i'm not talking about the shit that he's done his past i ain't talking about that i'm talking about the fact that this dude not only you you can say whether you think it was fixed or not with uh he was easing back with floyd mayweather i don't give a shit he still was in there and threw hands with floyd mayweather and still got himself to a place where people care to watch him box that's part one part two is like there have been celebrities who have wrestled before and you're like, okay, they got to carry him. This dude is jumping off the top rope, going through tables, like, and and it doesn't look like you know Johnny Knoxville doing it. This this is looks he, this dude's an athlete, and he was and he put on a really entertaining match with Seth Rollins. And what he has done, and the way that he has kind of sold himself as a heel inside of it, I, I, you got to give him. I give him tons of credit. I think that he w- did a fantastic job building himself up doing what he did you don't have to like the guy but what what he's done inside the wwe and the way that he's gotten there and putting on entertainment matches i give him respect on that um and that's it that's my that's kind of my breakdown of of wrestlemania i'm so curious for people out there who saw it if you dug it if you enjoyed it let me know and then um and then what happened and right after that we get a trailer for uh secret invasion last night a lot of trailers coming out now secret invasion and man, this is the kind of tone I've been looking for. I've been looking for this tone from from Marvel, and, and I, I I like the idea. I saw somebody make a valid point where someone's like, "Hey, why aren't the Avengers in this? Well, they didn't have the budget for it, maybe." But I like the idea that we're getting kind of the nitty gritty, Nick Fury. This kind of t- reminds me of like what Agents of Shield could have been if it wasn't on ABC, right? And and like they're. It seems darker. It seems more serious. The idea that Nick Fury is coming down, uh, coming back from the, to to get to Earth and seeing like all this stuff that has happened and there's this invasion coming in. And I just to say like I don't know if these are new people or people who have been here before. I said at the end of this uh, at the end of the trailer because I really like the trailer a lot. At the end of the trailer, I go I don't like the the, the arms thing, right? Like I, I get I'm just a little kind of overdone. Like after seeing like Quantum Mania and seeing a lot of these. Um, and again, yeah, I didn't mind Quantumania, but I think my big, one of the biggest problems is that the, the, the over-the-top spectacle at the end, getting away from actual the story of it and just throwing in all this CGI and it got messy and chaotic and all that. And they do that a lot with a lot of the, not just Marvel movies, but like a lot of times they just, oh, well, people just want to see the big CGI stuff, so let's do CGI. And, they, and, it, and it overcomplicates the story or takes away from the story, rather. And so I mentioned, okay, well, I'm just a little over the CGI stuff and, and the comic booky big endings and stuff. And I'm hoping that this wasn't a, I'm just hoping it was somebody random. They're just like, oh, he says, huh, huh. he's tired of the comic book stuff while watching a comic book trailer. It's like, no, that's not what I said. What I said was I'm over the, the idea that you have to just go all big with the big CGI all the time when you can focus in on a story that people care. And I think this trailer showed that, that the trailer, how seri- like it was serious and it was, and there's more stakes to it. That's the stuff I want to watch more so than, than Squiggly Arms Magoo. And I know that apparently he's got, that's what he's doing in the, in the comics. And maybe they make it work. It could be great. Um, and then someone else is like, oh, relax. Relax, the arms aren't that bad. I didn't say that you didn't like it. I said that I had an issue with it. Never said that, oh, you know what? You don't like this. Y- you, right there. Yeah, you. You don't like this. You think you do. You don't like it. I, then you say, fuck you. I didn't say that. I said that I'm getting tired of it. So don't tell me to relax. You relax, as my five-year-old says. I said, relax. You relax. You relax. And enjoy it if you do. And if you love the CGI, 
great. If, if you think that they need more of it, that's amazing. Then you should talk to me in the comments and say, hey, I'm sorry you're not liking the, uh, the, the CGI of it. I like it. I think it looks good. I thought the arms looked amazing. Um, what didn't you like about it? And then we have a conversation. Don't tell me to relax. And don't and, and the same thing with the uh, with with the with the oh you don't like comic book movies just stop it, just and this is what it, I've really loved about this uh, this comment section and this audience is that you guys can have conversations with people and just say okay look I don't agree with you and I'll tell you why you don't you don't tell some you don't you talk to people the same way you would if you're sitting across from coffee with them like if you're in the middle of a coffee conversation you're like what do you think of the trailer. Uh, you know, I liked it. Uh, it was pretty good. I didn't like the squiggly arms thing at the end, though. I think that it was, uh, I think I'm getting a little tired of that. Oh, just relax. What? I'm drinking my cappuccino. Nah, relax. Whatever. Um, but I think the trailer looks good. I'm excited. I think Amelia Clark looks really good. It's, it's, and I think that it's really smart of them now as they're pushing back the, uh, how many they're releasing. So really good idea. Because you'll get Guardians in May, you get this thing in June. They push the Marvels back till like was November or December or something. Smart move, pace it, pace it, as opposed to just every month now. And then you get you, you're you're anticipating the next thing. So this was a good move. It is and it's a good trailer, really good trailer. Sam Jackson looks great, and uh, and I'm excited. So what do you guys think? Did you like the trailer? Did you not like the trailer? Let me know. I'm excited to uh, to find out. And if you don't like it, relax. And then today, we get Blue Beetle. And we knew this one's coming out in August. I had the opportunity of having um, Cholo Meridueña on the show. Cholo and, and I have been, um, have been buddies since, uh, since the first season of Cobra Kai. And I interviewed him back at Collider. One of my favorite people working today. He is uh, he's, he's a just down-to-earth, funny, charming, good person. And I root for him. And I root for him even more with this one because he got me more interested in this story from when he was on. If you haven't seen the interview, it's it's on the channel and I'll link it. Um, but he got me excited about it. He told me kind of it was like a mixture between like Iron Man meets uh, Green Lantern. Because I had said it, I even said it in my trailer reaction. It's got like, a, you can see the Spider-Man feel as well. But it, it kind of stands alone. And I, I had mentioned a, a few times how the, the, the suit almost looks like uh, the Giver. You guys know that one too. And... I liked what I really liked about the channel, but the channel, but the the um, the trailer was the idea that even though there's some familiar things that we've seen before, there's only, you're always going to have familiar tones in these and a lot of these comic book movies because there's just been so many of them. But the idea is, can you do something with a brand new? Because it is pretty brand new. I mean, people who people who are hardcore comic book fans, like Coy Jandro, probably knows a lot about the the history of this character, and Mike Kalinowski, same thing too. But like, for me, um, I only knew from what Cholo had told me. So I liked the idea of seeing like the the leaning in on the family aspect, but also this kid who's just trying to find himself in the world, and as he does, he's kind of chosen by this alien race to. It, it is. It's kind of like a venom thing too, because the the aliens are pretty much finding his body for like as a host to harness these powers. And I loved I the idea that it's coming out in August, and I still I still have that question. And somebody rightfully so, kind of going over my previous point, it says something like, "I'm just bummed that we have to the way that we look at movies now is that we're not thinking, oh, this looks like a really fun movie." The question comes. Well, what does it mean for the hist for the future of the of the DC universe? And even though I understand that sentiment, the a lot of times that you should be able to just watch a movie as watching a movie, but the DC is in a different place right now, and you're trying to think like what like can you just enjoy it as a movie as a standalone? Absolutely, you can. Like, look, I liked Shazam: Fury of the Gods, um, and I think that it. It plays fine on its own, and I think that movie will more people will discover like on, you know, streaming and things too, and and realize that it's 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 a fun movie, but there is a, a an argument to be made that like what what does it connect to? What does it mean? Because it's been set up that way for comic book movies, like it or not, it just is. And and with the way that this is going to play in and the and the and the struggles that this movie has um, in, ahead of it is 
not only what does it mean, where does it fit in, um, more of, of um, it's an unknown, it's an unknown property. And people are well, so is Guardians. Yeah, but Guardians was, was also connected to a bigger, if Guardians comes out as the first movie in 2008, I, I don't know, I don't know if, if it does even it, close to, to what it wound up doing. Um, I'd pretty much make, make a massive bet and say it wouldn't. But this movie is not really linked to anything minus the fact that you know, Batman's a fascist. And people are people getting up in arms that he said that. It's like, what are you talking about? Is this his dad? His grouchy dad is saying, saying some, something about Batman. It doesn't really mean that DC thinks Batman's a fascist, guys. It just means that that character is making, is, is making a, a, a comment about it. You ever have parents that say things that are politically, you're like, what? talking about um that's all that's all that that joke was and um anyway the uh the idea that uh this movie can can it can, that's more of a question can can it can it stand on its own can it stand on its own well you know i think that sholo is a, is a star he's got the chemistry he's got the charisma he's got that thing so i hope what I hope is that this movie does really well, and because it's not necessarily linked to Shazam, it's not linked to any of the Snyderverse stuff, it's not linked to any of that. If it does well enough, James Gunn can find a way to write this movie into his DCU. That's what I hope happens, and I hope that I hope that it's a good movie, obviously. But I and I, and I hope that it that it plays well, and the fact that it comes out in August, I liked what what I saw here. Curious, did you guys like it? What did you think? Did you get a kick out of the trailer? Some people said, ah, I saw people saying it was mid. Some people said that they, they really liked the, the, the charm of it. What say you? Let me know in the comments. All right, before we move on, I want to tell you guys about our sponsors, both Sunday and Athletic Greens. It's been cold here. It's been cold, but it's starting to get warm. It's right around the corner. And I like hanging out with my kids and my uh, and my wife in the, in the back and in the, in, with the yard and it's one of my favorite times in spring. And Sunday lawn care makes it so much easier. If you guys love spring, you, you got to figure out, how do I take care of my yard? Everybody's been at the store going, what do I do? How do I start? Sunday lawn care makes it easy. Sunday is everything that you need to get the lawn that you dreamed of. So if you go this spring, you go and head on over to getsunday.com slash big thing and you enter your address, you get a customized plan created just for your lawn. There's no trips to the store or hauling heavy bags since they ship straight to your home. You just need a hose to apply Sunday. That's all you need. You can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an episode of your favorite TV show. Sunday is easy and affordable. Some lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year, but Sunday's full season plan starts at just $109. Sunday is now offering our listeners 20% off. Full season plans at just $109, and you can get 20% off, but you got to use that code. GetSunday.com slash big thing at checkout. 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash big thing. Don't be confused anymore. Don't stand at the, the counter and the shelves looking at everything. for. Just get Sunday. GetSunday.com slash big thing. Athletic Greens, baby. AG1. You guys know I talk about them all of the time. For me, it's it's the same stuff I've been telling you. I wanted better gut health. I wanted increased energy. I wanted immune system support. I wanted all of it. I don't, not a big vitamins guy. I didn't like taking all those pills and stuff. I just wanted one. You take it. I put it in a water bottle. I shake it up in the morning and I'm good to go. It's, it's not very easy for me to keep up with that supplement routine that comes with a bunch of different products. It's like, you got to do this and you got to do that. Just, you just take everything in one shot. Helps me better with energy. It helps me better in general. I think it helped me to recover, to be honest with you. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day? It's that easy. I love it. It's just part of my daily habit now. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens AG1 is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. You got to go to athleticgreens.com slash big thing. That is athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Check it out. You guys know that I love it. You guys, I've seen so many people telling me that they've signed up and they're loving AG1. Continue to do so. Tell me after you sign up, let me know. Use that code, athleticgreens.com slash big thing. All right, thank you to our friends over at uh, both Sunday and Athletic Greens. 
I always say this to you guys. Like, people ask all the time, how do you support not only, obviously, coming out to see us at the live shows where we perform, but um, but sponsors are crucial to this operation. Crucial. But it's got to be something that you guys like. And with everything coming up with spring here, you know, the the lawn, the, the Sunday lawn stuff is, is pretty great. And Athletic Greens, I mean, I, how many times I've told you guys over and over and over about getting Athletic Greens. And I have people coming on here all the time talking about Athletic Greens and how wonderful it is. So help yourself. Help the show. Get one of our sponsors today. Everything is linked in the comments on the top of the page. All right, let's talk about Extraction 2. Trailer came out today. And um, so the first movie, I remember watching it and saying, that's a fun movie to watch. And that was it. I don't remember a lot of it. I just remember he died at the end. Um, and, and now he's not dead. And this is a kind of a creative way. There's really no trailer. He's kicking the shit out of people the whole way through. But they tell us inside of the trailer, hey, you remember you thought this guy was dead? Nah, he just got really hurt and he fought himself back. And now we're asking the question, why did he fight back? And he's beating the piss out of people. And sometimes you just need that. And that's what this movie is. And it's also, I think, shows tremendously in uh, what the film business is today where... A movie like this in, hell, 2010, this comes out in the theaters. There's no world where this come, doesn't come out in the theaters. This is a smart move that a movie like this is coming out on streaming um, because there's just too much competition for what and the reasoning why you go to the movies now. Uh, I don't think a movie like this would succeed in the theater. I think because you have a lot of movies like this and a lot of movies that are streaming like this, that this is something that you watch on the couch and say, hey, this is a new movie that just came out for, just for Netflix with the Russos and Hemsworth. Like the first one, what do you got? And I think it, it, it's, it just shows what the, what, what the business is today. There are certain it, things are changing, though, tremendously inside of what's working and what's not at the theater. And I think people are getting excited for some other stuff besides the Marvel and DC and Star Wars stuff. I think people are starting to get more excited for for other movies inside of the theater. And you're, you're seeing ones that are starting to pop. And Dungeons and Dragons is one of those uh, one of those movies. All right, Dungeons and Dragons. This is from Dark Horizons. The throwback fantasy action comedy Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves is a very well-received adaptation of the famed role-playing game. It rolled and it won in its worldwide debut this weekend. So both Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez star in it. It took in $38.5 million from North American theaters in its opening weekend, coming in line with the top end of expectations as opposed to beating them as overly rosy predictions indicated yesterday. So the internationally, it made another $33 million from 58 markets. Total of 71.5, and ticket sales are remaining strong. So John Wick also took second place with 28.2. Uh, let's see. Then then third was Scream 6 at 5.3, then Creed 3, and poor Shazam Fury of the Gods in his third weekend of DC Comics. Adaptation slipped to sixth place with only 4.7, down 49%. Domestic total of only 53 million. Ouch. Um, but... My point is Dungeons and Dragons. Now, I have not seen it, and I was bummed. I had three screenings for this thing, and I was going to go see it on Friday morning in the theater. I was going to go buy a ticket and go sit down and go watch it, uh, and I got sick. So I am excited to see this movie. I've been hearing – I haven't heard one bad thing about it. A lot of times I hear either critics, somebody didn't like it that I thought would like it, or I hear – you know, a couple of different audience members. Ah, I was overhyped. I haven't heard that of this movie. I haven't heard it. I heard nothing but great things about this movie. How much fun it was, how funny it was, how charming it was. I've just seen people raving about it all across the board, and I'm really excited to to see it. I am seeing Super Mario Brothers tonight. That one I'm excited about. I'll, I'll be doing an out of the theater reaction for that tonight. But um, but but I really wanted to see Dungeons and Dragons because of what I was just saying beforehand, and that's I like shaking some things up in the in the big blockbuster and i think that we need some more um ip in general and i think that this is a and and, and obviously with how popular dungeons and dragons is in general the audience came out to see it and support it now it it did it did good did well like, like the report said it 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 hit the number that it was 
aiming at or was reporting it. Some people thought it was going to go far over that, but I think word of mouth is going to keep this thing going. And there's really not much competition coming out in April. April is fairly slow this month, this year, excuse me. April is slower than normally. Some Back before the pandemic, April was starting to become the spot where the big mother hit, right? Like Endgame hit and Infinity War, Fast and the Furious used to hit in April. I'm surprised Fast and Furious didn't land in April this year. But um, but there, April is nothing too big right now. I think like Evil Dead comes out in April, uh, Super Mario Brothers, Air, and there's a couple, I think that new Russell Crowe horror movie comes out, but nothing... Nothing, nothing big. So I think that Dungeons and Dragons could still have some legs because of that. Um, but, you know, the other story, John Wick did pretty well. Creed did pretty well. Like that, again, going back into my point of, yes, recognizable IP, sequels, same thing with Scream, recognizable sequels, but it's outside of the mark of, of the stuff that was normally doing well in uh, in theaters and of, of the comic book movie genre. So I think that you, with more, I think movies are starting to kind of come back a little bit more outside of just the superhero genre. Um, so, and then we've got so much, May is just going to be ridiculous. I know we get the trailer for Across the Spider-Verse tomorrow. That's going to be, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm very curious to see how, how that's going to play and that movie in general is going to do, I think it's going to do very, very well. Um, all right, before we move on, I'm excited. Guys, we have a new sponsor, and the sponsor, you know it, and we're excited to tell you about Mint Mobile. At this point, you know Mint Mobile. Everybody knows Mint Mobile. They've been catching on, and there's a reason why. Because after years of the fine print contracts and everybody gets ripped off by the big wireless providers, if you learned anything at all, it's that there's always a catch. So I've been hearing about Mint Mobile forever. I've known about them during the SCN Live days, and then obviously I've, I've, they keep catching on and getting their name out there, and there's, again, a reason why. I heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, and you're like, yeah, okay, what's the catch? But after you really get to talk to them and understand them, it makes sense. There's no catch. There's no catch, literally. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they are the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass those sweet savings directly to you. So that was the thing that when I had heard about it, I had done it and I continue to do it. And there's a reason why that it's catching on because it's a very smart system. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I know it's nuts to hear it, but it's 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate, whether you're buying one for a family and a Mint family start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless services starting at just 15 bucks a month. So if you want to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash thing. That's mintmobile.com slash thing. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. Mintmobile.com slash thing. Pumped that Mint Mobile is on board. Pumped. Um, massive fan. We've had Mint Mobile in the past, but since we kind of went on our own and doing more things, we were approached by Mint Mobile and very excited to be working with them and out of all the great things that they've been doing and the way that they've been doing it. So please use that code. Please check it out and make sure that you let them know you found them from the big thing. All right, let's move on. So I got to talk about this story because I'm so curious about it. And that's this 17-hour cut of Martin Scorsese's new movie. There's a report on the can confirming the inclusion of Martin Scorsese's upcoming period drama thriller, Killers of the Flower Moon, over at Variety, has indicated that the film is running nearly four hours. Previous reports suggested that the film clocked in at 200 minutes three hours and 20 minutes, but this would suggest that it runs longer. Either way, it certainly fits in with Scorsese's work of late with The Irishman, which was 209 minutes, 
Silence was 161, and The Wolf of Wall Street at 180. It caps off a lot of film run talk in recent weeks as several films set to hit the spring and the summer are clocking closer to the three-hour mark than the usual two. And there's a few other movies that are coming out that are hitting that close to that three-hour mark. I, I, I don't think this is a good move. Um, it, this is one of my most anticipated movies. I can't wait. I love anytime Scorsese and, uh, and DiCaprio team up. I'm on board. I can't wait. There's the other one I watched, but again, the other day I watched uh, The Departed with my wife. She had never really seen the whole thing. We watched it the other day. Um, but, um, yeah, I, it goes back to it. He's not allowed to complain. If this comes out in the theater, he is not allowed to complain and, and say that the reason why is people don't want to watch cinema anymore. People don't want to sit in a theater for four hours. I mean, they just don't. They just don't. And this is coming from somebody who's a massive Scorsese fan. I can't wait to see it. I don't want to sit in a theater for four hours. I just don't. I'll, I'll you know, pause it, get some snacks, watch it at home. But that's as long as the freaking Snyder Cut. And that was, that was you know, obviously intended for streaming to do that because you can't put a four-hour movie in the theater. I mean, look wind up being just epic but i i just think that the the i mean this is this is the thing though with and i and i forget was this amazon i don't remember but when you let scorsese do something where he's like just yeah hey, make however long of a movie you want to do the director's going to take as much time to tell their story and it could be a four-hour movie it doesn't mean it should be and i know you can't say things about the legends right you're not allowed to say things about the legends so they know better than you do as far as filmmaking goes yeah of course Absolutely. But I'm just telling you as an audience member in the theater, um, a four hour commitment is it's like it's watching two movies, man, back to back. You your ass gets tired. Um so I don't know. It, it could wind up being epic, but I just I think anything over I mean look, sometimes you you pick a three hour movie and you make it work and if it's three hours and it and it plays out the right way, fine. But four hours is that's 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 insane. We'll see. I could be eating my own words and say, look, it needed to be five hours. I wish it would have been five hours. But same thing. I mean, look, what were they saying about Avatar? The Avatar four apparently or four? What the hell is it? Three. Apparently Avatar three is is like a twelve hour cut or something ridiculous. Who the hell knows? We're gonna find out though, everybody. We're gonna find out. All right, let's go a couple more stories and we'll call it a day. Speaking of can. Indiana Jones, that's where it's going to debut. It's official. Cannes Film Festival has announced that the highly anticipated Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is going to premiere at this year's edition of the festival. The Fest has sent out a tweet today confirming that the film will have its premiere there on May 18th, and Harrison Ford will be in attendance and walk up the, the famed red carpet stairs. Um, also, coming with him are James Mangold and much of the cast. This is hardly the first time that Indy has shown up at Cannes. Steven Spielberg's 2008's fourth entry in the series also premiered at the festival. Set in 1969, New York, the new film sees archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones, now mostly retired, and they had Mads Mikkelsen, who's a NASA member and an ex-Nazi involved with the moon landing program, wishes to make the world a better place as he sees it. Waller Bridge co-stars as Indiana Jones' goddaughter, Helena, who accompanies him on the journey. Also starring our Banderas as an old friend of Indy, Reese Davis reprising the role of Sala Hallbrook as some kind of villain, along with Seanette Renee Wilson, Thomas Kreishman, and Toby Jones. The festival will also pay special tribute to Harrison Ford for his career at the event. Opens up on June 30th. Um, this has been, this is my most anticipated movie. And I'm even higher now on, on uh, Harrison Ford, if that was possible, after Shrinking and 1923. Um, I feel like he's locked in again, and I'm excited to see this one. I love the trailer. I love James Mangold. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Same thing that I, the same note that I had for, uh, that I hope that they don't do with, with Marvel is the same thing I say with, with Indiana Jones. Don't over CGI it. Give me the adventure. Give me the story. Tell me what's going on with Indy and where he's, where he is in 1969 and why he's doing what he's doing. I get we're deep faking. I get we're or we're we're de aging. We're getting all that, and that and that's fine. Um, but don't don't get carried away with big 
over the top CGI big moments like you did in number four. Um, get back to what made number three so special. And I know there was CGI in the other movies, obviously, but not you know, and not too much where it just looks like a CGI fest. I feel like we got away from that at one point. Now we're going to kind of going back into it. Um, so anyway, great that it's coming out at Cannes. It doesn't really necessarily mean that the quality is any different. As they said, number four debuted there as well. But nice to see that they're going to debut it in May. And um, I thought maybe they would do something at CinemaCon, but I guess not. I'm still I'm contemplating now if I'm going or not, by the way, to CinemaCon. I don't know. It may or may not. I got to check. I might not go. Um, but either way, Indiana Jones, highly anticipated movie for me, highly anticipated for a lot of people. What do you guys think? Are you excited for that movie? What do you, yeah, what do you, what do you, what is the overall audience? How are you feeling about Indiana Jones? I mean, for me, obviously I grew up in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I remember my dad taking me to see that movie and, um, and it was just, uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, but I know that doesn't necessarily might not hold up for everybody as they get as the generations come in. So like if you're younger generations, you Indiana Jones fan don't care, kind of care. What say you? All right. Last story here. Right, let's, let's end with a nice one. Let's end with a feel good story. Paddington three. I remember Paddington one. I was like, what the hell is this? Everybody love Paddington one. See that Paddington two can't be as good as one. It's just as good. If not better. The third one, it's a go. The third film in the Paddington franchise titled Paddington in Peru is happening with a start of a filming date Set for July 24th. Woo-hoo. Uh, the third film will reunite production companies Studio Canal and Heyday, and it boasts a story by returnees Paul King, Simon Farnaby, and Mark Burton, along with a screenplay by Burton, Foster, and James Lamont. As previously announced, music videos and commercials director Dougal, excuse me, Dougal Wilson is making his feature debut, taking over from Paul King, who directed the first two. David Heyman and Rosie Allison will produce. The new film story is under wraps, but it's expected to see Paddington getting into sticky situations in deepest, darkest Peru, where is he, where is where he originated from. Talking about his replacement in the director's chair, this is what King says, after 10 years of working on Paddington, I feel absolutely protective of After 10 years of working on the Paddington movies, I feel absurdly protective of the little bear, and I'm delighted that Dougal will be there to hold his paw as he embarks on this third big screen adventure. His work is never less than astounding. He's funny, he's beautiful, heartfelt, imaginative, and totally original. Aunt Lucy once asked us to please look after the bear, and I know that Dougal will do so admirably. Um, This is great, man. we We need movies like this. We need movies like Paddington. Such a sweet movie. Both of them, one and two. And it's not just for kids. People love these movies. My buddy Ryan loves these movies. My uh, Alonzo Duralde loves this movie. I think of people like that all the time. Um, and I love these movies. They're great. And I always think of the late, great John Schnepp, who did not know what to expect from Paddington. And he went and saw it and came back and was just like over the moon, telling everybody to go see Paddington. And then the second one comes out and everyone's like, oh, man, it's as good as the first one. So great to have Paddington back. So marmalade it up, everybody. Paddington is back, and it's a good. It's it's. I remember that in when in when the pandemic was really hitting hard, and people were really worried about the movie business, theaters and stuff and and all that. And I think that the, you know obviously it's changed dramatically, but I think that movies in the theater are here to stay. And to see a movie like this in the theater with my kids will be a lot of fun. How about you guys? Are you excited about Paddington? You think Paddington is uh is deserving of a third film? Did you like the first two? Give me your thoughts. All right. It's good to be back. I'm glad to be back. And I'm happy to be back with uh, doing, I mean, a lot of stuff already coming out. I mean, as far as trailer reactions, we have uh, the Secret Invasion trailer reaction. We did the Blue Beetle trailer reaction. We're going to have the Super Mario Brothers out of the theater tonight. We're going to have Air out of the theater tomorrow. Review of Super Mario Brothers. Um, And, uh, yeah, and then into the Spider-Verse trailer. So there's tons of stuff. Like Barbie's got a trailer coming out. Tons of stuff this week for sure. Then Star Wars Celebration is over the weekend. I'm not going to London, but I'll be covering it for sure. So um, look for videos there from me. And like I said to you guys, I cannot emphasize enough. If you are in the Los Angeles Burbank area um, on April 28th and you can get there, please come and support us. Um, this is basically how it's going to run. We're going to... Try to sell these out. There's only 175 seats or whatever. We're going to try to sell these out with this one 
and the New York one, and then the Connecticut one. We're going to try to sell all three of those out. And basically what's going to happen is this. If you guys can come out, you can support, you can be there on in at Flappers on that day. Then and we pack it out. Then we do the next one. Then we do the next one. And if all three of those is a success, then we're going to find a new city to go to. If it doesn't work out and you guys say, I don't want to come see it, then you don't come see us, and that's that's totally cool. That's just that's how it works out. But I think that maybe what we'll do instead, instead of going out on the road, is because I can't keep paying for clubs, and if people aren't coming out to see it, uh, it just is, there's no reason to book out clubs. So instead, what we will do is probably go back to what we were doing, like these after parties that we did in studio, and doing those instead. Um, I would prefer to go out and do some stand-up and do uh, do some shows, but if but got to listen to the audience. So if the audience is, and like, like I said, I haven't had a chance to promote this damn thing at all since um, since we announced it at the at the after show. So if you can get there, bring a friend, get your tickets. And come on over to thechristianharloff.com. Get your tickets now. Um, and then, you know, the same thing at, at that site. We have a bunch of new, we have a bunch of tiers up there that the $50 tier, you guys know that I'm able to, um, I'm doing these one-on-one sessions with people where I talk to people about half an hour. There's a limited spot on that one. But then there's also, we, we opened up a $35 tier where it's unlimited and you get a 15-minute session with, could be anybody from the crew. It's kind of like a grab bag thing. But go browse around there on the thechristianharloff.com. Signing up is free to the actual site itself. And then you could just browse around and look. Um, but that's it. I'm glad to be back. And I'm glad that you guys are back with me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already done it, hit that button, subscribe, check us out on Spotify, all that and more. Guys, thank you so much. We'll be back really, really soon. Tomorrow's going to be busy too. So stick with us and we'll see you on the flip side. 